Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. How do I sound now? I sound okay? Did you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. And it is another edition of Hoops Jason on the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. In Dallas today, our man, Marcus Thompson. Marcus, what's up, man? Oh, man, I think a storm is coming. I really believe a storm is about to come. I feel it in the air, in my bones. You know how you can tell in your kneecaps that the weather's coming? That's how it feels in Dallas right now. Why, why are you like Dirk holding the mic? I don't understand. <laughs> like, I know, right? <laughs> let me let me send one out to the ladies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and our guest this week, our guy, Josh Robbins from The Athletic. Josh, thank you for joining us, sir. Always a pleasure to see you, to talk about- Thank you. Yes, we wanted to bring you in to talk about- not only you cover the Wizards now for us at The Athletic, but you have institutional knowledge about the Orlando Magic, who got the first pick in the draft. You covered them for many years before coming up to D.C., so you were the guy we wanted to— Oh, wait. He's not here to, to go off on me and our show on behalf of Orlando Magic fans. Apparently, we upset a few. I, I saw that. DA. So. <laughs> yeah. You, Marcus, I think you and Timmy Cato are persona non grata. <laughs> <laughs> you have that fan base going 10 mostly miserable seasons waiting for some lottery luck <laughs> and then it arrives and then the esteemed marcus thompson says who wants to see orlando get the first pick can you imagine what that must have felt like and then timmy tim cato says oh i've never been to orlando ever <laughs> so it's almost like it's almost like a an inadvertent kick the old kick them when they're up kick them when they're up and and you know and you know i i i saw the hurt that i caused in the orlando magic fans i recognized it and on hoops uh, not on hoops adjacent on point of contention i offered my apology but i feel like i should do it here uh because this is where it began i apologize that orlando fans have had to endure the magic's ineptitude and practical irrelevancy and I, I wish them nothing but the utmost success, and hopefully one of these days we will get Tim Cato to Orlando. Tim will come to And Orlando. one of these days it will actually matter that they have the number one pick because right now nobody cares except them. <laughs> That's the point I tried to make on Twitter, and it went back and forth a couple of times. The, the Magic have one winning record since Dwight left. One. Jeez. And two playoff appearances. And so, yes, the Magic right now are not relevant nationally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a columnist is going to say something that the fans don't like. That's the, now the columnist, at least, it, it's his or her job to offer an opinion. Yes. And you know what? 
The Magic need but to play. But it's not right? an opinion against the Magic fans. It's an indictment on the Magic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's not the fan. It's an indictment. On, I'm mad with them. As a matter of fact, you know my all-time favorite one. All my all-time favorite players and easily the best uniforms of all time. Yes. I grew up on Penny Hardaway. That's my era of high school. I was all about the uh, the very first phone posits. I spent $196.94 on a pair of sneakers for the first time ever. They were Penny Hardaways. Then you got to get the black Orlando jersey to go with it. I'm oh, all yeah, with, with the, the magic, pinstripes. Those were beautiful. Yes. yes those were beautiful. This, this hip-hop icons here, staples here. Yes, so yes. I'm with it. I was more with I, – I don't, I don't like how the Magic have run their franchise, so – well, they that, have, that was my shot. They have at, leaned at the, at the in. They've leaned into. Let's be fair now. They've leaned into rebuilding, <laughs> lengthy, lengthy rebuilding, and not and not not quite as bad as as maybe the process was, but you know, and they've had injuries. To be fair now, you know, they've had injuries, and to they do guys. have a lot of good young players. They do right? They, they do have, have a surplus of point guards now. Players. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but um, but to your point, to, and to your point, Josh. I mean, they have not been good record-wise for a long time now. You know, so that's why I think there's some clapback against you know their, their, the franchise. Not because the fans are bad; the fans are great. But um, you know, you can't keep losing 55, 60 games every year, and and. It's not that I mean everybody I guess under well, you would know better than I so you, you you covered them. There was never it never seemed to me just that there was any type of ownership kind of saying hey we got to be better that we can't keep losing like this like we got to we got to start winning some games in an imperative to improve the 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 roster and the one loss record. That that did occur that occurred about two years into the the first rebuild after Dwight left. Okay. And and Jock Vaughn took some uh, took the blame, yeah, unfairly, yeah. And and then not long after that, the Oladipo trade, uh, the Oladipo and Sabonis draft rights and Sabonis trade for for Serge Ibaka, which was the most wrongheaded move that they could have possibly have made because Ibaka didn't want to be there. He wanted to be in Toronto. He wanted so. Yes, there was some interference mm-hmm. at that time, or there was some prodding at that time. Yeah. But um, you guys see my hairline. It's not because they. It's not because they lost. It's not because they lost. It's because I was sitting there years and years and years, having to file a, ga- a first edition gamer at the gun. And when a team is a fifty-five loss team, you never know how those games are going to. No, those are the so, most. Those are the most dramatic ones, right? Because it's a it's a million ways to lose. It ain't that many ways to win. (laughs) I I will tell you guys when I was covering the Bullets, they were so bad. So this was five years of just dread, just twenty two and sixty, twenty five and fifty seven, year after year after year. And so the last year they were in Atlanta at a game, and they were down by twenty, of course, in the first quarter. And and the, I wrote my lead was just about Ted Turner and Jane Fonda, who were sitting courtside because Ted owned the Hawks at the time. And I just wrote about how handsome Ted looked and how beautiful Jane Fonda was and what, what you know, what a power couple they were. And the people of Atlanta must be really proud of. And then, like, in the fifth paragraph, I said, oh, by the way, the Wizards lost by 100. And so my editor pretty- said, well, I spiked that. I didn't. I can't. That's actually pretty good. Dude, yeah. and I lost it. <laughs> 
Dude, I lost, started screaming. I said, when you come down here and cover this shitty team. <laughs> Yo, what's, I, I, did, I did something that got me in trouble with the desk like that. It's like loss number 50, whatever, on the season. Yeah. The Warriors, they, you know, Jay Rich and them, uh, they you know, had no shot of making the playoffs. Season was over. Uh, so I just put a, I, I, I used Eminem song. Yeah. Like it was like the end of a game. They missed the final shot. And I'm <laughs> like, I got, I'll start my story with Eminem lyrics. Right. <laughs> His palms are sweaty. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. <laughs> I was like, you only get one shot. Right. Oh, he missed. Warriors lose again. Right. They were like, you can't be doing this on deadline. I was like, listen, bro, I'm just out here trying to survive. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God. So Josh, so let's, 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 you know, let's let's bring it to June twenty third, and and obviously they can pick whoever they want, right? Um, and we know that their proclivity over the years has been towards length, right? They've always gone for length and upside, and and certainly John Hammond drafted Giannis in Milwaukee. We all know that, um, uh, and Jeff Weltman has always liked size as well. So they could they they have their pick a size. They can take the ultimate size in Chet Holmgren, or they can take just pretty tall in Jabari Smith. I think it's going to be one of those two. Um, what what do you what do you think they're thinking about as they decide what to do? I think it is going to be down to those two players, Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren. And one of the issues that they're going to have to consider is health. That's right. Right. And and. Not just because it's the smart thing to do under any circumstance, but because this team, that team, I should say, I'm not in the geographical <laughs> area anymore, uh, has been very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Over the, Jonathan Isaac has missed more games than he's played. Uh, Chuma Okiki, when they drafted him, he had an ACL. Uh, Markel Fultz, both the shoulder and the knee. So we could just go down the line and down the line and down the line. As I watch Chet Holmgren play, it's impossible not to see the competitiveness. It's impossible not to see the talent and the skills. But when I watch him play, I, I just worry he's going to get knocked on his rear mm-hmm. and get hurt. And can he put on productive weight? I, Jabari Smith, to me, seems like so much more physically an NBA-ready player, one who's probably less likely to be injured. And I think that will be a critical issue that they're going to have to uh, reckon with. They don't. And if check, if whomever they draft gets hurt, well, that's yet another bit of potential potentially squandered. Well, that leads me to a question that I was thinking about. It's obviously the question you always ask at the top of the draft, but with all the youngsters they have and the tough history they've had in that vein, is there any thought to trading the pick? Trying to cash it in to get some ready-to-win-now type of players. We've seen the teams with the all-veterans. We've seen the team with the, the all-youngsters, and probably the right mix is a combination of youngsters and veterans. Is, it, is there any possibility that Orlando could at least see what – See what they can get for that number one pick, and maybe bring in some veterans who can who are ready and, and proven. I'm sure they'll have the discussion. Uh, you know, by the way, if you were to ever call me just to say hello, you and I would 
it would be nice for you and I to talk for once, <laughs> but uh, right. they would have those discussions. Um, but I'd be I'd be shocked if they trade away the pick. This this is not a team that has immediate urgency to win now. I think that they've been itch. I know they've been itching for years to try to rebuild, to start from the ground up, uh, to try to what I think they would say build a sustainable winner from scratch. That's jargon for for saying try to clear out the cap sheet so it can continue to work four years from now, five years from now. I'd be surprised. And I don't think the rest of the roster would be ready to win big unless they were to get a superstar. And right now I don't see any superstars clamoring to go to Orlando, not because Orlando isn't nice Mm -hmm. and there's no state tax there, by the way. Right, right, right. Uh, Just because they're not in a position to go ahead and win. So I'd be surprised if they move that pick. I'd be, I don't expect that to happen. Well, let's talk about Holmgren because I think you're right. Jabari Smith is a fully formed person. No, not fully formed. He's a, he's more formed than Jed Holmgren is. And you know, you, you know, he's an elite shooter. You know that he def- he has the possibility to be a very effective wing defender with, with length and size. The thing about Holmgren, first of all, I was stunned he towered over David Robinson. Towered over David Robinson, who's seven one. So this kid's got to be at least seven three. You know, like that shocked me. I know some people were joking that David shrunk, and he's you know he's old now, and he's shrunk, and maybe he's lost an inch, but still. And and it's and we so in Chicago, everybody was obviously talking about this. And what I kept saying was, Josh, to your point, I it's not that I don't think Chet Holmgren will get hurt because he's skinny. What worries me about Holmgren is the kind of inadvertent banging knees. He turns, somebody elbows him in the neck or in the head or something. It's a non, a non-basketball play. That's where I think he could get injured because he's got no pad anywhere on his body. There's no padding anywhere. You know, it's not like he has, you know, this huge chest or big arms or big shoulders or big legs. Everywhere he gets hit is just bone <laughs> and a little bit of muscle, hey. you know. So and if he gets huh? hit by mistake somewhere, I I just worry. That's what I worry about with him. I, I think he is a, a special defender at the rim. Like he is really good defending at the rim. Um, so, but but I wonder what you know. Again, to your point, with all the with the with the history of injuries they've had, especially to their front court guys, that they expect it to be further along now than they than they are. I just don't know. Can you take a chance on a guy whose body screams coming in like this is going to take a while for him to build up? Now, can he hold to twenty to twenty five, maybe two thirty? maybe someday, but not now, not tonight. You know what I mean? Well, a hundred percent. Well, I don't know what it's like to not have any cushion because I have that sports writer physique uh, at the moment. Uh, when I look at Holmgren, I wonder, could he carry successfully another 30 pounds? Yeah. Could that frame, exactly. not only could he put it on, but would it overtax his joints, yeah. his feet? And right. Is it uh, that? That's what would concern me. 
That's what would concern me. Can, can he, would he hold, would his joints hold up over the long haul, putting on the weight he will need to put on in order to scrap with the larger guys in the league? Yeah. Yeah. The, but also, the, <laughs> you're smiling. Because the, <laughs> the difficult position is can Orlando afford to pass him up and this dude becomes the next generation superstar and, and you had him? You know, like mm-hmm. that's where it's such an impossible situation because there's a part of Chet that screams wave of the future, right? Right. <laughs> and yes, to me, that, that's just the tough part. I'm with you. I don't know if I take him, but oh man, every time he has a big game, if he ends up, you know, you're looking at, I mean, it's not comparable with Greg Oden, but you're looking at the KD Greg Oden situation. Uh, and, and some of these same doubts about Chet. We heard about Kevin Durant, Correct. right? Yes. Like the dude couldn't lift 185, literally could not do it. Right. Could not get it up one time. So that's the part where it's like, oh, that's a tough spot, Orlando. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what they do in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I I remember that vi- vividly. Um, And I remember a lot of people not thinking KD could hold up. Same thing. Like. Now he was a wing player. It was different. He's not in the hole. He's not yes, banging against three hundred pounders yeah. every night. That's a huge difference. Big yeah. difference, you know. Um, but even then, it was like I don't know if this guy's, you know, six. It was, it was I guess he was six ten at the time. Six ten jump shooter. Uh, you know, skinny, skinny, skinny. Um, and he's held up. You know, his injuries are not because of his body. You know that he's had over the years. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what they do. Um, how, how, um, how aggressive do you think they'll be Josh in terms of kind of thinking about not, not that they're going to trade the pick, but just not, not even seeing what's out there, but just, just the, this, the philosophically, would they even think about, you know, the opportunity cost of giving up a generational player versus eight to nine more wins by training it for vets. You know what I mean? Like, is that how much of that's even in the equation? I, I don't think that's in the equation for them mm-hmm. because they have already sacrificed a season to tank. And if you're going to do that, you better go the full. 100 yards, or in this case, 94 feet, right? Uh, they, they, they wanted to rebuild to try to get that general, generational player, uh, someone who they could form that franchise around. And uh, to Marcus's point, if, if they feel like Chet Holmgren's upside is so much higher than Jabari Smith, then they've got, a, they've got a t- an even tougher decision to make. So, but I, I cannot imagine them. Could they trade down to number two? That's what I was going to say. That's right, exactly right. what I was going to say. Okay, yeah. so he's got seven billion draft picks. Could they move down to number two? Yes, potentially. Yes, sure. You'd have you'd have to entertain the discussion. Right. You'd have to. Uh, and uh, you know, one of the things that fascinates me most is how these teams go into the draft with a really good idea of what the teams ahead of them want to do. Mm-hmm. And in this case, let's just say they flip flop with OKC. 
Oh, the, the, the word out on the street, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the scuttlebutt is, is that the Thunder are enamored with home group. Yeah. And so if that's the case and you want to get Smith anyway, then by all means, trade down. Trade down, get Smith at two, reduce the burden of expectations on him, bring aboard some draft capital. So, yes, they're going to have to think that through. And you got 30 days to do it. 30 <laughs> days to do it. I, I was thinking along those lines when I was talking about trading the pick. And obviously, OKC is one. But I was thinking, do they go and Kings at four and you get number four and you get a, a Harrison Barnes type. I was thinking of, of more along those lines. Get down, get the veteran, still yeah. get a pick. Uh, but I do wanted to ask you about the right. like. You you've seen these two teams, right? You've seen you've seen the climb, right? Uh, where do you think the league is when it comes to the balance of veterans and youth? Uh, and this has been a topic all year with the Warriors because they've got the top, the veterans at the top, and they got these young dudes at the bottom. And the question was, can you win and develop? Right? Can you win and develop at the same time? And now they're you know one win from heading to the to the finals. Uh, how important do you think the league is getting away from the veterans? Like get somebody here to teach you how to win. Uh, do you see the value of that in DC with the wizards or is this league still going to be trending towards young, 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 young. Let's, you know, you got OKC at the top, right? All these young, young, young player. Uh, who's the, the guy who gets minutes on Orlando Who's over twenty five is I think Gary Harris, like <laughs> like one guy. So it's like well, Terrence Ross has still, to be over twenty five. Terrence Ross still gets minutes. Oh, that's right, thirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is still in Orlando. Yes. <laughs> <It's not> a, <laughs> wait, before you answer that, Josh, before you answer that, I got to take a break because uh, our producer said take a break about now. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Josh Robbins and Marcus Thompson on hoops adjacent. All right, we're back on Hoops Adjacent with Marcus Thompson and with Josh Robbins, and we're talking Terrence about- Terrence Ross is 30, by the way. Yes. I couldn't believe they didn't trade him last year. Like, there were te- a lot of teams wanted him, including the local team could have used him. <laughs> but Marcus's question, Josh, was about, you know, where's the league in terms of the the mix between youth and experience, and is it is it tipping one way or the other? I think it depends on the individual situation. For example, we brought up OKC. Right now, they have no they have no incentive to try to win those eight extra games a year if it's going to prevent them from getting the first or second pick in a draft. Golden State had the perfect situation for the Jordan Pools, the Jonathan Kamingas. I just don't agree with the philosophy. You throw a young guy out there, let him make mistakes, play, he automatically gets better. I think. Young players develop best when they have structure around them and they're playing for something that matters mm-hmm. where they're, where they have to improve on the fly and the team's future depends on it. For a Jordan Poole, for a Kaminga, uh, I think it's just been so wonderful for them to, to have to play these high leverage games and to produce under critical circumstances that, and then be held accountable by the whole team to do better. So my, my take on it is, is that each situation is different and some teams are desperate to tank. Uh, some teams can manage to win 
and develop at the same time. And it sure as heck helps that you have a, an established pecking order there where the young guys don't have to do too much. Yeah. Well, let's, let's bring it to local. Um, since you, you do cover the wizards now, and I know, you know, I've been banging this for the last several weeks about the wizards in Orlando to me, Orlando <clears throat> would be an obvious trade partner for the wizards because they have a surplus of point guards. They have Cole Anthony and they have Markel Fultz and they have Jalen Suggs. Now, I don't think they're going to trade Cole Anthony. I think they like Cole Anthony and think he's got a, a bright future. My guess is they they would rather hold on to Fultz since they gave him a, an extension. To me, that leaves Suggs, who is a young guy. I'm not quite sure how he's supposed to play in that rotation right now. Um, you, I mean, I guess you could play them all together, but that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense either. So to me, Josh, if the Wizards are in the market for a point guard and they don't want to spend what it would take to bring in a Malcolm Brogdon who's on his own big contract, and you're about to give Bradley Beal the bag, the full bag, wouldn't someone like Jalen Suggs be, make a lot of sense, a guy that – Everybody in the league says is a great defensive passing point guard who does not need the ball in his hands to be effective. Yes, because <laughs> he cares about the. He plays defense like a football player plays defense. He was I mean, a football he player because <laughs> he yeah, was a football was. player. <laughs> um, he cares. And one of the Wizards' biggest problems isn't just defense. I mean, it is defense, but <laughs> defense at the point of attack. And yeah. he's a six foot four, uh, hard nosed, tough guy, tough to, to his detriment, to his detriment, mm -hmm. where he would not fit in too well is with the, is the skill game. Not very skilled right now. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't shoot well. Right. Still has to. I think offensively, he would be better with the ball in his hands in terms of being a playmaker. If, if they were to just station him out in the corner, he wouldn't be that effective. But right. he'd be he'd be good for them on defense. And you know, all three of those guys, those they all work hard. Anthony, Fultz, Suggs. But I, I think it's Suggs is not someone who typically gets out work. So could he make up that skill deficit? Yes, he could. But each one of those three people, they do one thing better than the other two, but they don't have everything. Right. Right. Yeah. I I'm disappointed in you two. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Why? We're you talking two. wizards? <laughs> no, you're talking wizards and you're not talking about the one move that the wizards absolutely have to make. You don't bring up point guards in D.C. without talking about what they really should do. Bring John Wall home. We've already, I've already written. Bring that. John Wall. Oh, that's your point guard. That that's that's your point guard right ago. here. That's why I'm disappointed. You need to beat this drum. Bring John uh, Wall home. I wrote that two Jaylen months ago, Marcus. You need John Wall after the buyout. After the buyout, obviously. I know. That's yes, what I'm saying. Yes, yes. We should. That's I agree the with you. We beat here. I agree with you. That's the point guard of the future and the present. No, okay, well, maybe not the future, not, not, but not, the present. Not the future. <laughs> <laughs> saying, well, you went too far. Huh? But there's going to have to be some, what we call it, rapprochement between John and Ted Leonsis for that to happen because Ted was done with John at the end. You know, done. 
like done. <laughs> Get them out of here, done. Um, so there's going to have to be a meeting of the minds or lunch or something, a mea culpa on John's part. Um, and I wrote this when I wrote the story is that I, what I was told was that Beal, it's not like Beal's beating the drum for a reunion, but he's not saying hell no. Okay. He's not saying hell no. I don't, I'm not, I would never play with John again. That is not what he's saying. I think what he wants them to do is get Malcolm Brogdon. But again, Josh, I think Malcolm Brogdon is on a very big contract right now. And so I don't know if you're going to give Beal the bag and you're paying Porzingis and you have at least some, I would think, some interest in re-signing Kyle Kuzma after next year. I don't know that you can bring in a fourth guy making a lot of money in uh, yeah. in Brogdon. Not 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 when you ain't in the playoffs making a bunch of extra money. Yeah. to pay for all that, right? You know, like, and Ted's not going to be a lux- not going to be a taxpayer. Not happening. So that's why I think a guy on his rookie contract, like a Suggs, whose whose value is enhanced by the fact that you're not, you don't have to pay him for four more years. I think is why a guy like that, or a guy like John off of a buyout who's playing, who maybe signs for the mid level, you know, yeah, that would make some sense. Yes. All right. The last five, number 10 picks, uh, Thon maker, Zach Collins, 2017, (laughs) 2018, Mikael Bridges. Okay, that worked. 2019, Cam Reddish. Okay. Uh, 2020, Jalen Smith. Oh, good Lord. And 2021, Zaire Williams. What can, can the Wizards get a player that's a game changer at 10? Not a star, but right. somebody who could come in and make a difference. Paul Pierce at was 10. also the 10th pick. Karan Butler was a 10th pick. So there has a lot been, of good 10 picks. There's been some good ones, but there's been some, been bad some hit or miss too. lately. There's been some hit or miss lately. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. been very hit or miss. Josh, if they stay at 10, what do you think? I, I liked exactly where you were you're headed last week when you did your reporting at the combine. I think Jeremy Sohan would be a good pick for them. I know the Wizards fans are tired of see, seeing yes. guys on the roster who are six foot seven and six foot nine, but you know what? Get the best player. Mm-hmm. Get the best player. You don't worry so much about fit and position and how tall he is relative to everybody else, unless you have a size problem. Uh, I like him. I like Dyson Daniels. I think. I think that they would. They would help. I think they would help, and um, they would help so on, particularly defensively. Daniels, in terms of his passing, would be intriguing. Uh, those are the two areas I, I think. Uh, I would like to see them go. I think drafting Ty Ty Washington Jr. at 10 would be an overdraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may be a case where they would actually, if they are enamored with him, they may want to try to trade down. Yes. So those now could, could the, the youngster from the Arizona. Uh, Matherin. Yeah. Could he, if he's available, could he, should he interest them? Yes. But I don't think he's going to be available at number 10. Uh, I'd be shocked if he's there at 10. Yes. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. So. I don't yes. know if Sohan's going to be there at 10, to be honest with you. Um, but, yes, I, Josh, I agree with you. I think defense, they have to start. Somebody has to come into this building, into this organization that care, that wants to play some defense. Somebody has to come in at some point. You, know, you better be- stop disrespecting Mr. Daniel Gafford. Come on. But here's the problem with Gaff, no. who I like. Marcus, <laughs> you can't play, he can't play more than six minutes a pop. That's it. 
and then the tank's on E, <laughs> and then he starts fouling people. You know what I mean? Like, I love Gaff, but he, at least this year, he's still, and, and I, Josh, you may remember this. Like, last, the, when they got him from Chicago, the, there was this kind of scuttlebutt that, oh, well, he's got sports asthma. That's why he, you know, he struggles to, to sustain. And in the first day of training camp, I, I don't know if it was me or somebody asked him, well, do you have sports asthma and what are you doing about it? And he said, no, I was just out of shape last year. I don't have sports asthma. So, okay, he got in great shape. And it was the same problem. Marcus, like, he would give you four or five minutes and then foul, yeah. foul, 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 <laughs> you know? And so it's, you know, there's a reason why they went and got Porzingis. I'll put it that way. <laughs> That wasn't that wasn't by happenstance. <laughs> he's got he's getting that. It just it just feels like he's on that Vail McGee trajectory, right? Where he just he just keeps playing, keeps getting better. He'll be a. I think he's a good. Nice contributing big. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying trade player. him or yeah. get rid of him. Keep him. He's on a very fair contract. I just like that dude, man. Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah. I like him too. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's a starter, and I don't think he is a defensive foundational piece. Does he block shots? Yes. I will just always champion Gafford. But and Ishmith. Well, that's another story. <laughs> I love Ish, but I think I think Ish is I think two tours of duty is enough for the Ish man here in DC. <laughs> love Ish. You know, Ish is a citizen of the world, man. He'll wherever he winds up, he'll he's he's fine. He's fine. He'll land on his feet. He'll be good. So, uh, Josh, how much input would Bradley Beal have on, you know, this draft situation? Uh, considering, you know, <laughs> he's got a pretty big stake in this team. So, uh, how do they handle that? Well, isn't that an interesting question? I think that he will be – David, feel free to please chime in on this. I would assume that they would have a short list of names to present to Mr. Beal <laughs> in the 20, at the minimum, the 24 to 72 hours before the draft. I'm sure that they would consult with, with, with Brad uh, heading into free agency, yes. heading into possible trades. You know, if we recall and Beal phrased it this way the last time he was available to the press, he vouched for Spencer Dinwood. In other words, yes. No major move occurs within the Wizards that he isn't at least consulted on. Right. Yes. I think that's absolutely correct. And it will be that way, I think, going forward. But to your point, he vouched for Spencer Dinwiddie, and that did not work out well at all. Well, that's what I was thinking. At some point, the team said, you know what? I've talked to you enough, buddy. <laughs> you know, the, the five most beautiful words in the English language – Yes, I think that's ac- exactly correct. Josh, I agree with you. David Aldridge said both. It's my afternoon. This is great. Made my day. All right. So, look, we got to take another quick break. We'll be back. I want to ask you more about Beal and the, and the bag and the quarter of a billion that they're about to give. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hope's adjacent on the Athletic NBA show. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids and 
Honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, we're back on Hoops Adjacent with Josh Robbins and Marcus Thompson. So we're about to talk about Bradley Beal, who's about to get a quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> Just blows my mind. Must, um, must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> a quarter of a billion dollars to play, you know. So there's no doubt that that's what's going to happen, right? We all are in agreement now that that's what's going to happen. There's not going. There's no trade. There's no. I mean, I, there's no free agent tour. He's going to take the bag and stay. Might he enjoy listening to pitches? Perhaps. I mean, I haven't heard anything that he would. Yeah. Uh, but. Because a sign-in trade is limited to four years, and since it takes two to take, he would have to want to do it. And there are lower raises annually. Right. I think he's. I think he's coming back. I yeah. think he's coming back to Washington. Yes, I agree. It, it, can I just chime in with something? Of course. It, it's so amazing. I, I understand all the reasons why two hundred and fifty million dollars for someone who is not a top five player or even a top ten player in the league worries fans. They're they're right. <laughs> They're right. Okay. It's just so, such. Remember where I came from, though. I mean, I came from Washington, but professionally, remember where I came from. I came from covering the Dwight Mayor, where the fans in Orlando, and back when Orlando wasn't just relevant, they were near the top of the heap in the league now. Right, right. Those fans were so desperate to see Dwight stay, and for good reason. And to me, and DA, I would love to hear what you see. When you're out and about because people recognize you, I get the sense that a lot of Wizards fans want the team to move on. Yes. Move on. Yes, yes, I I believe that is. I would not say I would not say it is a, a huge majority, but I think it is certainly a plurality. I'll put it that way. Of of Wizards fans want them to rebuild the way that they see other teams rebuild, the way that they see Memphis rebuild, the way that they see. Uh, Toronto to do that from the, the pick, is, though. you know we're gonna get young guys with up with huge upside that play defense and coach them up and and see how far we can go and they haven't seen that in a long time and again that's why I think it's important to start changing you have to change the roster to bring in guys that care about guarding because you can't win in this league if you don't do that and they're not good enough offensively to outscore people. I mean, it'd be one thing if they had five guys all shooting 40 from three and he just bombs away. They don't. 
They don't. <laughs> so how are that doesn't work in the playoffs anyway, though? Right, you, exactly. You, but you even in win a championship, right, yeah. right, it does not. And but even in the regular season, they don't have the firepower to play that way. So the the only way that I know of that you can be in a game every night, no matter how you shoot, is if you guard people. I don't think it's any secret that you know Miami and Boston and Golden State and Dallas are all excellent defensive teams. You know, and that's how you win in this league year year in and year out. Um, and the Wizards have been dreadful other than 13 games at the start of last season. They have been dreadful defensively for years now. And I don't know why they continue to go down this path of we're just going to, we're just going to try to outscore people. We don't have, we don't have the horses to do that. Like I, I would understand if Golden State played that way, but even Golden State, no, they play defense. (laughs) Like they guard people, you know? So it's just crazy. It's crazy to me. So I don't know. What do I know? All right. So Marcus, let's oh, say a lot. Let's, you both know a lot. Marcus, who do you think Golden State would want to play more in the finals? Miami or Miami. Boston? <laughs> Miami. You think Miami? Okay. <laughs> I think Miami. Right. The the to me, the question when you're dealing with the Warriors, it just always begins with what's your plan for Steph? If you don't have a plan for that, you're not beating the Warriors anyway. Right. And Boston, they've got, they can roll out a nice plan. And it's got to be a two, three layer plan. Sure, it sure. can't be one guy, right? Right, right. One guy is not the Steph. But they got dudes. They can throw Marcus Smart at him. They can switch Jalen Brown onto him. They can trap with Robert Williams or Grant Williams, right? They've got, they just got Al Horford. Right. They've got a lot of options to throw at Steph. And I don't think Miami, I don't think they have those, that amount of options, right? I don't think they have, I mean, if you start the game with Jimmy Butler on Steph, that series is over. Right, right. <laughs> They're going to wear him down, and he's carrying offense as it is. So now Miami's great defensively, yes. but their plan for Steph is not as strong as Boston. That that that's how you beat that. It begins with that. So Boston just they just they they're a tough matchup, and I do think no matter they came out to the bay. And Steph got hurt in that game, but that game was over. Right. I mean, they they gave something to, the Warriors something to think about. And the Warriors are two and zero against Miami, I think. But Boston came out here and put the <laughs> clamps down, <laughs> and it was like, wait a second, what just happened? You know. Uh, so I do think that's a tough matchup. But both teams will be so banged up, right? Like, right, right. They're dealing with so much that if the Warriors sweep this series, they'll just be at home chilling, watching. So I do think. It'll be tough. I, I, I think both will be tough, but if they had to choose, it's Miami because, you know, Boston just has a lot to throw at you, and, and they've got their own Draymond Green and right. Marcus Smart. Right. Plus, they got to do and, – and, I mean, Jimmy Butler can do this too, and he's done it in the playoffs, but yeah, Jason Tatum can get 40 anytime. Anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, well, yeah, I think I think I agree with you. It's a better matchup. So, so Josh, what um, what do you think at the end of the day happens in Washington in terms of the pick? And also, we've talked about Orlando. Um, are there other teams that you think we've heard that Houston at three and Sack at four may want to move out of those picks? Um, what do you, do you think that, that happens? I don't. I would love to know just how aggressive Washington will be to try to move up to four or three. Supposedly, uh, 
Portland wouldn't mind moving up right. to seven. And, and certainly that's a team with some real deficiencies now in terms of size and in the front court with Nurkic yes. uh, going to unrestricted free agency. That's some. That's a team where I think Washington could could trade some of its surplus yes, yes, height. Yes. Uh, and you know, Dame, he's a hell of a player, hell of a player, but he's 32. Yes. And time's running out to surround him with people. So, yes, seven's a possibility. You know, Washington should consider going up to seven. Yes. I would prefer if I were had a, a rooting interest. I prefer three or four, <laughs> right? If you're going to swing and miss, swing big and miss. I agree. That's right. <laughs> I agree. No, the, problem, the problem with drafting 10th or even 7th is that by that time, there are a lot fewer two-way players. Yes. Or or the players have some holes yes. or more holes. So if I were running a team, I'd prefer to have a choice of people who have fewer if they weaknesses. Could, if they could get up to three. I really like Ben Carroll. I think Ben Carroll would be an excellent player for them. I think he could step in. He's ready to play tonight. Now that doesn't. Yes. Now, is he a great defensive player? No. And is he, is he a great three point shooter? No. But, but the stuff that he does translates to the NBA immediately. The the in between game that the elbow game that he has, the the ability to get to the rim and get fouled. You know. Um, the passing man. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. passing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Translate. he plays tonight. He plays in, in your game tonight. You know, like you could plug and play with him. And, and this is what I'm going to write about this week um, in the athletic. It's been so long. It's been a decade since the wizards fan base had any type of hope long-term. You know what I mean? Like they, like when they drafted Beal, and that was two years after they drafted Wall. So in 2012, Wizards fans could go, oh, snap, that's our backcourt for the next decade. What? That could work. <laughs> you know, let's see how let's see how good they can do. And that they got that got them to the seventh game of the conference semifinals. Okay, well. Um, and they haven't had anything remotely interesting to care about or root about since, really. Um, so a decade is long enough. Well, 50 years is long enough since they haven't won 50 games since 1979, which is just absurd. But Wow. Josh, thank you for your time, my man. I appreciate it. I, my pleasure. Yes. My pleasure. We only live a few miles apart. Feel free to drop out. Well, I would have to clean my apartment first. <laughs> uh, it's good know, to see you. It's always good to see Both. you. Marcus, my man, we we Thanks we have, we have on, mea culpa to the Orlando fan base. Hopefully, they they have they've accepted <laughs> our apology. You you have nothing to apologize for. DA. Oh, they you're, came at me hard. They came at me hard. I'm 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 non I'm unsubscribing. I'm like, oh well, sorry. I'm sorry. Just having to just joshing with you a little bit. <laughs> just having a little fun. Maybe maybe ten years down the road, you're you're talking about them winning a championship. Which team are we talking about winning a championship? Well, Orlando. <laughs> Orlando. You know, could be. Then, could be. you know, you want good stuff said about the team that you root for. The team's got to win. Yes, they do have to hold up their bottom end. line. You got to win. Yes. Got to win. Yeah. So That's the bottom line. It's a results oriented business, as Bill Parcell said quite accurately. You know, so absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, y'all, thank you for listening on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you get this fine American podcast. We always want you to leave five stars with Marcus. 
If these folks want to leave less than five stars, what what should they do? Keep it to yourself, you haters. Haters? Why are you hating on the show? Just leave that five star. We're out. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated, Josh. Thank you, my man. That was great. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. Absolutely.